Thank you for listening to Zero Brightness. If you'd like to support us directly, you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also find and interact with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. So today we are uh, entering the Barlowverse, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, which is a reference I don't even get because um, I don't the watch Barlow Extended Universe. I don't watch children's movies, but uh, so I'm joined by B. Bazinga. Uh, we, I feel like everyone should know who you are, and I've been if on. If you're in the disky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're. I've been mentioned by Justin in a bunch of episodes too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I guess like the easy intro is like you're another person like me. You're a musician yeah. who does podcasts. You have a band called Ostrov with Justin. That's really sick. And you have other projects. I don't know if you want to plug any right now or. Yeah. I mean, they're all going to be coming back in a, in a big way this, this year pretty soon. And they all also involve Justin, but yeah, we're, we're in a band. We're in the digital devil podcast, which is uh, a very nebulous thing at the moment. There's one season of it. That's kind of like a tone poem about the, it's like a tone poem slash audio only let's play of the very first digital devil story game from the nintendo that's with two e's right um, yeah and then now we've got another season in the hopper that we're recording a um, whole bunch of video it's a whole to do it's it's hard to explain but yeah. uh you can you can go suss that out on the internet and find us if that any of those words that were definitely words piqued your interest right yeah exactly and um yeah, so obviously, you know, Justin is a big part of this show, and so it was kind of only a matter of time until we did something together, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the three of us will, too. I mean, there is an episode of your show that's y'all two, me, and Monica as well. Oh, right. Yeah, where you made us watch some weird uh, Japanese porno, and then had us <laughs> talk to you about it. And uh, No, I did not make you watch hentai. <laughs> I mean... Arguably, but well, well, I can okay. listen. We're breezing yeah. past it. It's all it's all fine. It's all copacetic. But today we're talking about something that I, if you you know if you had asked me a year ago, would this be the thing that got us together for the first time on mm-hmm. air? I would not have guessed this. But you're you're like a Sam Barlow expert. I'm a bit of a Barlow scholar. You're a Barley were. head. Dude. Um, yeah, man. I like. Well, like it all, this all started with Silent Hill to like, you know, to bridge the whole thing because I, uh, I never had a PSP, but friends of mine did. And one of my friends had Origins and let me play it. And I was like, you know, this is, um, not great, but I like the mirror thing. And this is kind of neat. And then when I heard that there was another one chatty memes as it were I was like ah this this seems this is really interesting this 
And I was like, you know, a nerd that read boards and shit. So I was just like, oh, this like was almost a like arcade shooter called Brahms PD or something. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, and yeah, so I like played that and I was like, well, this is definitely the best non-numbered Silent Hill game. I think that's I don't know if that's a hot take, but that's my take on the on the matter. I don't think and then I kind of just like is really. But yeah, it was like, it was just, it was, so like, spoilers from like, I like it. I still think I kind of like Shattered Memories, but there's enough about it that's like frustrating in a really insane way. Yeah. Um, that it kind of hooked me into like, what's this guy's deal much in, and I'm sure this is a thing that he wants people to say much in the same way that when you leave a Kojima joint or something, you're like this, hmm, this guy might have a thing to say right more so than like another game director you know maybe this guy's a bit of a an auteur yeah as it were yeah and for people who don't know just to rewind for a second uh sam barlow is a writer director and designer of video games he got his start with the Silent Hill series. Um, basically, Konami had contracted this studio called Climax to make a couple different Silent Hill games. The first one was, like you mentioned, Silent Hill Origins, uh, which was a PSP game that later got ported to PS2. We've actually covered that on the show. It, Yeah, like you said, it was supposed to be kind of like a dorky action game. Well, the originally Origins, I think, was even supposed to be like so this is according to to Samuel, but like <laughs> he said it was supposed to be like it was funny when he because he took over in the middle of it and they redid the whole thing. Right. And he said that what they were handed was like something that was almost like Scrubs, but Silent Hill. Weird. Which I, you know, the sicko in me is interested in <laughs> yeah, that. for sure. But not in a way that I would ever want that to actually exist in this plane. Uh. <laughs> it's kind of sick in the, in the other way like sick, you know? um yeah I, if i'm remembering correctly it was like climax had a u.s office and a uk office and basically the u.s mm. office had kind of cranked out this abomination you mentioned and then like but also like hadn't really done any work on the game so the uk office got it and was just like okay I guess we have to start from scratch. Yeah, the more interesting thing, too, on top of all that is that when they handed it to the UK office, they were like, hey, let's give this to the guy that was the lead designer on, like, I don't know, the Ghost Rider game that 2K published, <laughs> which is a decision that you're allowed to make right. in business, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I guess maybe they just knew about his, uh, maybe they knew that he was a real fiction head because everyone in the office had played Isle his 1999 interactive fiction game. Oh, I'm not even um, aware of this. Man, it's okay. So that's his first thing mm -hmm. was Isle in 99. And like when I was in college, I kind of, I, I like tried to get pretentious about video games in a really embarrassing way. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get really into like interactive fiction and like ASCII RPGs and just like, you know, the real shit. Right. And, um, and yeah, so Isle's just kind of like an aim chat window looking thing pops up. You can like play it in any browser at this point. And mm -hmm. like, 
the whole setup is literally you're just a guy in a grocery store and it opens it's like real tumblery the way everything's written but it's 99 so i'm not gonna like take too many shots at that right <laughs> it's a pre 9-11 world so uh-huh. you know uh-huh. there were no rules with fiction at that point <laughs> so basically so you're like a guy in a thing and the setup is like you're looking at some yoki and then you just type in anything and a lot of things won't you know, you're just like, oh, can I like look at this woman? Can I buy the gnocchi and leave? Can and everything will kind of hopefully set off, give you a little extra piece of the story typed back to you. And um, most of the things you can do is harass the woman in the aisle, though. Not oh. too many. Like you can definitely buy the gnocchi and leave, and you can definitely think about something that happened to like your girlfriend or wife that died in Paris or some foreign <laughs> place. But mostly, what you can do is type in "Can I show this woman my dick?" and you can because that's oh. what Sam put into the game that you're allowed to do. Um, Interesting. Well, you know, one thing about this particular artist that I think is is interesting maybe that's the right word and that is a word i'm gonna say a lot not just because i i abuse the word interesting when i record podcasts but also because he is like the poster child for interesting yeah whenever i've asked anyone the last week or two in preparation for this if they have any thoughts about their his stuff that's the word, man. He, yeah. Every single person is like, well, I thought her story was interesting. It's Yeah. <laughs> if you look up interesting in the fucking dictionary, <laughs> there's a picture of our boy. It's the wiki picture yeah. of him with that like wet Wales University shirt or whatever uh-huh. on his Wikipedia page. Uh-huh. But so, yeah, like it, he he's an interesting guy in that. Yeah. He, he made this piece the strange piece of interaction interactive fiction and then seemed to work on a bunch of like random normie games and then worked on silent hill origins which silent hill origins is also kind of a weird normie game um it sort of feels like a silent hill fan game um it's okay i think it's like the okayest silent hill game it's not a it's not a slam dunk or a horrific failure you know um, but the next game that he made, which was also a Silent Hill game, was Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Shattered Memories is important because it's probably the most like weird and experimental Silent Hill game. And it's also the start of the rest of his career. It establishes so many of the tropes and ideas that would come up in all of his later works. Replaying it now, which I did before this episode, it's uncanny because I just played, as you did, um, his newest game, Immortality, which we're going to talk about later. But as I was playing Immortality and I was thinking about the things I liked and disliked about it and all that shit, I was like, this is so much like how I felt about Silent Hill Shattered Memories. And I went back and replayed and I was like, yeah, it's like kind of the same thing. Like the man is nothing if not weirdly consistent. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, and I replayed it. I replayed Shattered Memories too. I think probably around the same time. It was like basically when you did, you're like, I don't ever want to talk about Silent Hill again episode. Yeah. And then Konami seemed to like directly respond to you with the hour and a half long presentation about seven new Silent <laughs> Hill games. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So yeah. I played it on my Steam Deck. I loaded my own PS2. Oh, you oh you played BIOS it on into you, my computer. Yeah, I decked it, it, baby. You played it on. You played it on the, the 
on the mm-hmm. on the on the Steam Steam Deck. So you're mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that, right? You're a fan. Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, cool. I like that. All right, now continue, continue, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I played it on that and it was, you know, like, yeah, I, 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 exactly. Like, I was like, this is weird how much, like, I remembered it and I was like, okay, yeah, I've played all those other games. Everything lines up crystal clear. It's all kind of a one to one to one to one. Let's, let's crack. It was right before Immortality. I noticed I still had Game Pass. I was like, all right, let's crack this baby open. And it was just, yeah, I was like, I feel like the same set of things happened to me just in a drastically different setting in a way mm. that made me again frustrated yeah but in a way that but also in a world in which everyone else went this was really interesting for the let me i'm gonna let me see one two three four five for the sixth time uh-huh. in this man's career <laughs> And I just, every time I ask people what's interesting, I don't get much back. So I have to, I have to dive in myself. I have to figure it out. Yeah. And there, there's a lot to unpack and I think we'll be able to do it. But yeah, I have like, it's weird because I have a lot of positive associations with Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Um, and we'll talk about that. But I also always felt like I was never ever sure if it was actually a fun video game or if it was actually even clever, right? Because I and feel that's like exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the game is the game thinks itself to be clever. I, I think it's almost mm-hmm. aggressively telling you that. But when I was playing it, I was like, I don't know if this is actually as clever as they think. And yeah, playing Immortality was so funny because I mean, Immortality is a game that has been getting a lot of praise. And like we were we were talking about this privately. I said like, if you're a male, like you're a straight mm-hmm. up male and you wear a vest, you love this game. Like you fucking love this game, you know? And you're telling people that it's great and interesting. And I don't know, when I played it, I was like, I don't know how to feel about it. But I also like thought about it a lot and I played the whole game. And I'm a pretty aggressive, you know, uh, quitter. You know, like if I think something sucks or there's nothing to it, I'll quit. I have no qualms about that. So I was like, there's things about this game I liked. There's things about this game that I hated. There's things about this game that I thought were super, super questionable. But like, mm-hmm. I played the whole game and yeah. Yeah, and that's like, I would like everyone listening is like, I, I, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for my part, like, I just want everyone to keep in mind, like, I'm, I'm going to talk some shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But I've finished all this man's games. Like, there's, there's something here that at least, like, I will give my man that. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's just like, I've quit more games than I've started for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like, or more games than I've finished, excuse me. And like, yeah, like, something about what he is doing will it still pulls me to the end and i'm i'm kicking and screaming by that point and i'm hopping mad about <laughs> yeah. it but i'm there so he's doing something yeah I have, to, I have to give my man props for that yeah definitely um and and you know what's funny is that i i haven't played all his games i played well i mean i played origins and then i played shattered memories and like i said i always had thoughts about it 
And then mm-hmm. all of his other stuff, it came out, and I was always just like, nah. Because I will say, his career did take a bit of a left turn, despite how much oh, yeah. stylistic similarity there is between his later stuff and Shattered Memories. Um, it takes a left turn because he starts making straight-up FMV games, mm-hmm. which, like, I have very negative childhood associations with FMV. Okay, really? Because I was, because, okay, for some reason, I like Mandela affected an old ZB episode where, like, (laughs) y'all talked about FMV games. I don't know how that, like, popped in. Maybe it was, like, a tertiary conversation in one of them. FMV games used to come up a lot because it was an experience that James and I shared and we could chat about it. I think the difference is that James likes FMV games, if I'm remembering correctly, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember as okay. a kid, I was obsessed with Seventh Guest. Uh, that's like okay. the one that I actually played yeah, and sure. thought was cool. But like anything else I tried was like literally the worst game I ever played. Even Seventh Guest is like a pretty aggressively like ugly and terrible game. Um the only games I've played more recently that I think kind of fit into the FMV style is like the early like Kenji Eno games, like D, for example. And those games have also aged like milk left in the sun. Mm. Um, they're fucking horrible. Uh, and like and no, like Kenji Eno is a fascinating artist. And I think a lot of his stuff is super. Well, he's like kind of the original Sam Barlow. Like everything he makes is like interesting <laughs> with like a capital giant sized eye. But then like. You actually play it and you're like, huh, so this is like the worst game I've ever played in my life. Just um, the most backhanded compliment I've ever heard. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, I, and, and like, Shit. I don't know. So like FMV games, I'm not a fan of. And they remind me of being just like a depressed little fat kid. And like, I'm not super mm-hmm. like hyped to get back into it. And like... I don't know. So I, I didn't really check out his other shit. But then Immortality, like there was so much chatter. Once again, exclusively from males and vests. Like if you're a mm-hmm. male with a vest, you got a YouTube channel, you love Immortality. You love that shit. Like that's your shit. But I have none of those things. And I think that's why it's it's so hard for me in particular to like, and I mean, I'll try to I'll try to save some of this for the actual Immortality discussion, I guess. <laughs> but like it's, you know... I experienced the same thing where it's it's a lot of praise coming from I mean yeah exclusively it's like it's there's not an a polite way to say it but it's from exclusively a type a specific demographic yeah. and me being a little queer it's like it's always an a odd dynamic to try to talk to a like you know title case straight white male about things like immortality as someone with a slightly different brain and different worldview where they're just like what do you I literally don't understand and don't even have the context to understand what your issue is with x y and z and it's like yeah one of the things, another uh, yet another layer of frustration that I like I experience when I tangle with this man's oeuvre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and yeah, what, it's hard to like not get ahead of yourself in this conversation, but like he's got a thing with women. Like he's got a thing, you know. We've talked, oh, <laughs> we've talked about <laughs> this on the show before in various episodes, but like there are some artists where it's like they've got a thing with X like like David Lynch also has a thing with women mm-hmm. but his thing isn't quite so 
unsavory. Uh, it has like a different mouthfeel, at least. I mean, I I, I <laughs> agree with you, but I'll never argue that point because I don't think it's, I don't I know, think it's, it's defensible it's hard, at all. It's a really, really difficult realm to step into, but yeah. I think like it is an important distinction. I, I think the more that this stuff gets talked about and the more that like it exists in this bubble in which it's just all these things are receiving all this effusive praise, like kind of in a vacuum with no one else to really like poke into it because mm. it's just like too awkward of a conversation to have maybe. Yeah. And like, and now that people are like, People who say Lynchian 20 times a day that really have only ever seen Twin Peaks like right. need to hear that like these things. You know what I mean? That like it's like yeah. it's 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 icky and weird, but like you there are distinctions that you can make where like things kind of cross lines. Right. And you know, and it's also kind of trying to be critical of different things from different eras using multiple lenses all at the same time but like i think that's what we all have to start doing now that we are uh aging and time is moving and we're experiencing new things and relating them to old things because that's all you can do right am i right immortality <laughs> um no <laughs> like, i mean i, I agree yeah. <laughs> totally and it's like i i feel like with this kind of stuff it's like it's even more relevant in this conference. Like, I agree with you generally that it's like, yeah, like the times are changing, mm -hmm. things are moving forward. So you're, you're either like re-examining the stuff you you've always liked, not necessarily like tossing out the window, but like reconsidering it, or you're just sticking your head in the sand. Like, I think that's kind of true of anything, but with immortality specifically, it feels like he's trying to comment on sexism and it's in a way that frequently comes off as sexist. Yeah. And, and that's like, and if you'd played like, that would be another th a theme that you'd noticed if you'd played her story telling lies. Um, I, I actually, I didn't play war games. That's the only thing I didn't play, but because are you familiar with that one? No, I'm not. Okay. So that war games is the, is, it came out between her story and telling lies and it was a streaming only game. Okay. And it was the thing that I thought it's an FMV thing too. Right. And it's kind of like an idea that you have when you're like 12 and you're watching TV and you're like, what if I could vote on what happens next episode? And like, there, it kind of is like that. It's a setup where it does the like eye tracking and what are you looking at the same way that Shattered Memories kind of does. Mm -hmm. Not eye tracking really, but like because it you don't have it doesn't literally track your eyeballs, but it's like a you click and decide what thing to watch and then like that aggregated somehow and like influenced the next episode. Right. And so you could only play it at like you know eight p.m. Central, nine Eastern, or whatever. Like, right via streaming and and it it was canceled really quickly because um as it turns out with a lot of his things it's a really fucking unfun way to engage with something that's supposed to be a video game yeah um yeah it kind of just goes against the entire thing of why you'd play a video game versus watch something well and and that was the problem originally with fmv games i guess just to back it up in case someone doesn't know what that is it stands for full motion video and it's basically games that instead of using like rendered graphics of any sort they were using video clips shot with real actors a lot of the most infamous ones used a ton of green screen you know I think probably the most popular and famous FMV game was Night Trap, which is like a Sega CD mm -hmm. game that was 
a lot like Sam Barlow's stuff where it was just like scenes that were shot on sets with actors. And then basically you could interact with the game outside of that through menu screens. And then you'd get different video clips depending on what you did. Um, with his games, they're not exactly like old school FMV games. There's always some kind of like novel approach to the UI. Like a lot of the old ones are either just straight up like point and click adventure games or maybe like a very, very simple action game. And then the reward, quote unquote, you get for doing anything is like a video clip. Um, with his stuff, I'll say there's always generally some kind of interesting, <laughs> there's, there's the fucking word again, or like somewhat <laughs> novel approach to UI and control, but it is always the same concept of like the core of it always ends up being these video clips that you're watching. And so he really is making the most questionable video games ever. Like, cause there was definitely a point when playing immortality where I was like, is this a video game? I'm like super unclear. Yeah, and even just from like a compositional standpoint, like, you know, an FNV game when I'm playing, and I, I played a few recently just to get a feel for what the state of that genre is. And there's a there's a couple that are that are all right that I'll I'll get to eventually. But like you know, you can still feel that you've you're playing a thing that was written intentionally to be played front to back. Right. And, and, you know, it's there's it's held together in that way. And then when you're approaching the way that like Sam Barlow games feel distinct to me, post shattered memories is that it's less that and more that he's kind of like cut a CW show up into 200 pieces. Yeah. And then created a very weird ham fisted UI for you to put back together. Yeah. And like, as it turns out, I don't think I'm a really good film editor. <laughs> so like it. It doesn't, <laughs> at least not of other people's work. Right. So it's it's a weird gap for me personally to bridge, and I don't know. Maybe everyone else is a baby genius film director inside, and I, I, I just think I lack the facilities for that. No, so it's, it's, it's a, like, an extra layer to get through. Here's the thing: I'm self-taught at video editing, but I have done a bit of it professionally. I'm. If I can say so about myself, I'm pretty fucking good at it. And uh, it does not apply at all to this, to immortality. <laughs> like what you do in the game has nothing to do with video editing. There are So some... would you say that immortality is like the guitar hero version of film editing? <laughs> I guess, but you don't really edit anything together. Like you, you mm, true, yeah. the UI is so weird. It makes these nods to film editing and it's like, old Hollywood themed, I guess, which just saying that makes me want to like barf. Um, mm -hmm. But like, <laughs> it, it doesn't actually have any relation to video editing. And the more you play the game and you get a feel for like what's going on under the hood and, and how you actually like win the game, you kind of realize that it's not really a video game either. It's, it's just like a really fucked up way to watch a bunch of random scenes from movies. Mm -hmm. uh, it, yeah, it, and I have a yeah. lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of thoughts about all of, oh God. Yeah. I know. I don't, I don't want to pop off too strong so quick yeah about the second yeah things, yeah but. exactly but i will say that it, it feels more like when you've drank like a fuck ton of coffee and then you're like fuck it i'm drinking a coke zero also and then you're like you know what's 
whack eating food and you go back to your computer and you're just like shaking and you're just like, I'm going to watch YouTube right now. And you're just like clicking and typing in just like random shit and watching like 15 seconds of like 18 different YouTube videos. Now imagine doing that for like six hours and that's the game immortality. In my opinion, only six for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I, I wasn't completionisty, and I, I once I got to the end and I figured out what they wanted me to do, I just kind of used a guide because mm. I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> um, well, we'll 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 get to why it might have taken me maybe a little bit longer than that. Yeah, uh, we'll um, but it. okay, let let's talk a little bit about Shattered Memories first. Yeah. So Shattered Memories was a game that at the time it came out. Um, made a really big splash for a few different reasons. It was a super new and unique concept. It's basically a Silent Hill game that didn't have combat. That was like the big back of the box thing, right? It's just an adventure game. Mm -hmm. And it had this weird meta psychological horror thing going on. So the game is split up into like chapters and in between each chapter, you are in first person talking to a therapist about something that happened in the past and then you basically flash back to it and what you're flashing back to are the events of the original silent hill like silent hill on the ps1 uh mm. but retold in this way and in those sections it's more of a traditional over the shoulder like re4 style third person adventure game except once again there's no combat so you just run around you explore you do that shit um at the time, this was very, very enticing because if you were a Silent Hill fan, the last one you had probably really dug your teeth into was Silent Hill 4 and the combat kind of ruins that game. So this was like, cool, let's do this, you know? And um, as it turns out, instead of combat, they put in these chase sequences, which are like the worst thing that anyone has ever put mm. into a video game. It's like saying, mm. oh, you know what? Combat in video games... It's not that good. Let's have the player actually hurt themselves. That would be a better like alternative. Can Counterpoint, the chase sequences are good. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's I, I I like no. them. I do. I like I like them more than I like the combat in 4. And I think so the other part of the Steam Deck is that in playing this I also went back to play a bunch of survival horror titles from that era. And every time I made it to like the combat part, when the combat first rears its ugly head in whichever game, Haunting Grounds, any of the Silent Hills, just whichever ones, and I'm always just immediately like, wow, I cannot, I can't force myself to do this in 2022. It's, it's just too bad. Hmm. And like, and then the chase sequences and Shattered Memories, I was like, this is more bearable. It's still not, it isn't good. It's not like... I will say Stray kind of does the exact same thing. Weird. And the Stray chase sequences are very fun and cool. And I just don't know if it's like a tech thing and it just didn't have enough, you know, juice to really make it feel like you're being chased in the way that Sam Barlow makes wants you to feel like you're being chased, which if you didn't know, I read an interview and apparently the chase sequences are, I shit you not, he apparently grew up in Tanzania. Okay. And the chase sequences were inspired by a time where he was being chased by monkeys around his swimming pool. <laughs> well, you know, that makes sense because that sounds <laughs> funny. 
And I think the chase sequences in this game are funny. And also because you're that- being chased by Silent Hill monkeys. Little monkey guys. Yeah, they look so stupid. Oh my God. That's. Hey, put some respect on the Raw Shocks name, my (laughs) guy. Come on. The fact that you just said that to me is hurtful. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I guess counterpoint, counterpoint. I think they're terrible. Um, it's really clunk. No, they're, they're clunky <laughs> and slow. Uh, you they're easy to get lost in because they're low key, kind of like mazes. But you're being slowly mm-hmm. chased by these little monkey guys. It's not scary. It's just annoying. As the game goes on, they get more difficult. They're mostly easy, but then like the last couple randomly are like incredibly Man, yeah. punishing. I got um, stuck in that last one for 15 minutes, maybe, yeah. looking for the correct door. It's crazy, dude. Um, it's just it's just a very, very bad solution to removing combat, and they could have just also removed this from the game, mm-hmm. and the game would not have suffered at all. But I will say that the actual, like, God damn it. I can't stop. The interesting thing about ding ding ding. The interesting thing about Shadow like Yeah, I'm gonna add a sound effect. Silent Hill foghorn noise. Yeah, maybe a ding or something. Um I did that in the Dark Souls episode. Remember we said get good, it would ding. Um anyway. Be like the Futurama episode where Fry drinks the coffee and there's a little ticker in the bottom corner that counts up to a hundred and then Yeah. Hell yeah. Who knows what happens? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like w- the actual interesting thing about this game is that, you know, it says right when you turn it on, this game is watching you, it profiles you. And what that means mm-hmm. is that while you're playing the game, so in those third person sections, basically all you can do is run around, look at things, inspect things on the Wii, you would actually move the remote. And that's what I originally played it on this time. I, I just emulated the PS2 version. Cause it's way easier to emulate. But yeah, I um, never touched the Wii version. Dude, I've played the Wii version through like two or three times because oh. I had it on the Wii at the time and I had a Wii for a really long time. So like I played it a couple times when it came out and then a few years later I played it with Monica and we played it together. And, you know, the Wii version was fun because you could actually look around and it felt like you were actually directing the character's attention and also like you were holding a flashlight. I don't know. It was cute, but mm. The point is that depending on choices you make and where you focus your attention and all sorts of shit like that, what happens in the game changes. And sometimes it's just little cosmetic things, but other times it's like different locations, different scenes play out. Um, it's a cool concept for Silent Hill because like Silent Hill is supposed to be psychological horror. It's like focused on the mental state of the characters in the story. So it's a cool idea to try and bring the player's mental state into it but it also just doesn't really work i think the way that they wanted it to like i think there's certain things like maybe like they're obsessed with like alcoholics and like cheaters Mm -hmm. i think those were like the big sticking points so if you're like an alcoholic cheater Yeah, Sam is really obsessed with substances, and doubly so, Sam is really obsessed with sex. So much so that he, like, really thinks that everyone else 
is really <laughs> obsessed with sex. And the reason that this system doesn't really work for me is because the way that I play games is like you've created, you've literally fabricated an entire reality for me to come live in for a bit. Right. I want to look at the whole thing. And so, and that means... Because you fucking did this, my guy. I'm in your world. You put that shelf of alcohol there. Right. So don't tell me that I'm the weirdo for trying to look at everything in front of me. And so that's yeah. kind of where I end up with my Shattered Memories playthroughs is that I always get like the funnier endings because... I look, I just look at everything. If there's like funny graffiti, I look at it. If there's like a funny poster with someone's titums hanging out, I'm going to look at that. And then the game's going to go like, you pervert. But yeah. like, <laughs> but, and the, and the way that I came to think of it this time was like, so <laughs> are you like, are you familiar at all with the band Me Without You? Yeah, sure. Okay, so there's there's a song. Um, it's big Christian campfire hours. There's like come come with me ten years ago to the the Christian soccer camp. Um, sure. And so there's a song called uh, "In a Sweater Poorly Knit," and it's all about how trying to like you know wrangle the the infinite with our petty language is a fool's errand or whatever. But there's a line in it about just like trying to you know catch the essence of God in a way called and it's just like the trap I set for you seems to have caught my leg instead and that every single time some shit like that was happening to me in immortality and shattered memories that's all I could think about because it is just like I get very much that you're trying to like get me but you made this man like you created this trap and you're you're the weird one. You're the yeah. one who's obsessed with this stuff. Not me. This is your game, buddy. This isn't the real world. Right. You made it. <laughs> like. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I, and that's really how it felt playing it this time. Like I said, at, at the time it came out, it felt very fresh and novel. And playing it again now, you just see how clunky it is, and you see how focused it is. Yes, on like the author's own pet obsessions and. Them trying to rope you into it feels even more kind of like tone deaf and clunky and kind of gross than mm -hmm. like the problems I already had with something like Silent Hill 2, which I've talked about a bunch of times where like they try and put you in the mental state of this guy that like chances are you don't really like agree with, you know, and so it kind of feels like it falls flat a little bit in this one. It's like that times a billion where it's like, mm -hmm. what is, what is this? Like, what is the point of this? And then yeah, leaving alone that the whole thing is just so like, you know, like he made the, he just, he made like every single character in shattered memories kind of went through the reverse bimbofication meme <laughs> where just like, you know, Dahlia Gillespie, like kooky old weird cultist lady who sacrificed, I don't know. She's like a horny wife. Right. And then like, we're going to write a whole new character and be like kind of weird about the spicy Latina trope and just make another horny person. And then we're right. going to make like, and just like every character just kind of becomes like, a horny person and then like everything that he adds on top of Lisa's thing is real like it just like everything that's added in yeah it just feels weird and then just giving you the option giving you the option to look at the mirror while she undresses and then go like eh, cheeky boy you trying to <laughs> and like again Samuel you you put the mirror there yeah. you put me in this room <laughs> you did this yeah <laughs> It's weird. It's weird and it's uncomfortable 
And for a lot of reasons, I think one being that it's based on like a very seminal work of Mm -hmm. horror gaming that like a lot of us are very familiar with and love. So it was really weird to see it like kind of recast in this very bizarrely specific way. Uh, That's not great. Um, It's also uncomfortable because yeah, it kind of tries to keep pointing the finger at you, you, you. uh, And a lot of time I'm just like sitting there like me, (laughs) what do I have to do with this? Like, what is this? Um, But so I think the big thing that, lands really weird for me now having played like one of his other games and kind of gotten the idea that maybe this is something that repeats throughout his works is the ending and i really want to talk about the ending okay spoiler zone spoiler zone in effect spoilers for silent hill shattered memories and immortality if you are uh sensey about those things well i warned you Okay, so are you talking about the, yeah, are you talking about like the manifold random endings or the actual substance of who and what Harry Mason may or may not be yeah. when he comes crashing through the door yeah. at the end of the game? The second. Because the thing is, the fact that you could take a scenario and like get, like package up this thing to me and hand it to me in which like, oh, actually, Harry Mason is a thought form energy ghost, a tulpa, if you will, created uh-huh. by the myriad, the myriad traumatic memories locked inside his daughter's brain that are so powerful they're literally giving these thoughts physical form. Like, right. that whips ass. That's everything that I'm into as a person who owns the book, like, uh... Well, we'll not, we won't go into like the fact that I've purchased grimoires off of Amazon.com in the past, but right. that's something that should be the most up my alley. And I spent six hours with that, and I'm upset. So, like, how <laughs> did you manage to pull that off, Samuel? Well, I think it's because you know. Okay, so the, the ending of this game, like, there are different endings, but the thing they all share is, you know, it turns out during those therapy sessions, camera turns around, you don't know who this person is right that's talking let me start this over this sentence is a train wreck during the therapy (laughs) sessions you don't know who the person is that you're playing as right it's in Mm -hmm. first person you can look around but you don't know who this person is you're assuming it's harry because canonically he lives in the original silent hill and it's his story but at the end you know it turns out that it's not harry camera turns around it's his daughter And she's traumatized from everything that Mm -hmm. happened. She's in therapy and yeah, she's kind of retelling his story and she's really fucked up. And it, Oh boy, is she, it changes depending on which ending you get. But the big picture here is like, she's crazy. And then like knowing that you look at the rest of his shit and it's like, Hmm. There's a lot of crazy ladies in here, aren't there? Like this is maybe a trope mm. that you love to return to. Like it's what? Sam Sammy loves to do the the unreliable narrator rug pull uh-huh. at the end, except like, you know, the the shit don't stay on the table. Like it just all goes flying everywhere when he when he whips that shit out. I feel right. like every single time. It's very inelegant every time he does it. And he does it 
every time. <laughs> yeah. It's always some weird, unreliable narrator thing, which, like, it works when it's a Blink-182 song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when it's Tom DeLonge kind of playing the part of a shithead guy for laughs. Yeah. I, I think that's about as far as you can take that anymore. Right. Yeah, it's it's weird and it, it lands really funky. I'll say that because it's just like, I don't know what you were going for here. I don't know what you were trying to say because it also kind of goes against everything that's happened in the game. Like the whole game has been about this like very male character and the game is trying to then get in your head. But the more I played it, the more I was like, you're assuming I'm a guy, like a real dude. Mm. and like not even the kind of dude that I am. Cause like, I am like embarrassingly straight, but I'm also like not whatever they were trying to like write towards, (laughs) like with, with this game. And and then to have at the end, it's just as a big rug pull where it's like, well, actually you're a woman and get this boys. She's fucking nuts. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like it just, it lands really weird. I think because Samuel Barlow just needs to tell women's stories. It's important (laughs) for him to tell women's stories. Yeah. (laughs) And so we'll start talking about immortality in a second here, but I just want to say that like, that was like so weird to play that after playing immortality and to see all those things line up and also see other things like the VHS, and like kind of fast forward rewinding motif that's in Dude, okay, so like, because in her story, so like, and you've talked about this type of explicit thing before on the pod, I think, like he he did the shit. Like he ran all of the her story footage through VCRs and shit to get that, that real good film grain. He could have easily just put those Adobe filters on it. Right. Easily could have just gone that route, but he, he did it. You know what I mean? He made it a point to go that extra mile. He loves the film grain. He loves, like, in her story and telling lies, you can see the reflection of, quote unquote, you in the screen, in the game's screen. Right. Like, in telling lies, especially, you're like, you are a journalist that, like, it opens like a camera facing a desktop and then she sits and you just see like her reflection kind of the whole fucking time and it's crazy yeah that is crazy yeah it's funny it's like these things recur in all his games like he really kind of has a one-track mind about this stuff but then playing you know going from his first real game that like represents his style well I think and then going to the most recent thing I don't know how much like growth really there is you know and that's what kind of I would say no (laughs) it's a lot of growth um yeah well let's talk about immortality so if you haven't heard about this game the quick summary is you know it's an FMV game where you it's meta Right. Like you're trying to do it's like double meta, man. <laughs> yeah. You're you're <laughs> playing as a film archivist who's going through this archive of unreleased, unedited scenes from films that all starred the same actress, Marissa Marcel. None of these films were ever released. Nobody really knows what happened to her. So you're supposed to go through these clips and figure out 
what happened to her, what went wrong, you know, what's the story. And you know all this because in the in the intro like title screen, you can go to an about mm-hmm. section and it tells you all this, but it's like a letter signed by Sam Barlow. He loves to do that yeah. too. He always like the ending of her story, the rug pull is that you are, I'm just, I don't care. Don't play her story. I'm spoiling it for you. The ending of it is that <laughs> you are the woman's daughter and the ending of the game is you get a message signed SB that's like, did you find out enough about your mother yet? Are you? And that's the other thing he likes to do is he loves to check into you like six hours in and go like, are you, you got it? You good? You, you're good, right? Like you've seen, you've seen it. You can, we can go, we can just go. Yeah. Like he, he does it every single time. Like he, every, he's like, Hey man, there's like three hours more of stuff here, but you, you got it. You don't need to see this other stuff if you don't want to. I'm like, well then why, why you make it then? Why am yeah. I here? <laughs> Dude, that was how that was big time how I felt about immortality. Like, and that was why, like, I kind of, I mean, yeah, I played it for like six hours or five and a half hours, something. I felt like I played it for way too fucking long. I felt like if I had played it for two to three hours, I would have had a more positive outlook on it. But the fact that it dragged on and on, and like what I had to do to actually like see Mm -hmm. an ending was absurd. And I was yeah, so. I think there's like, upwards done. of ten hours of yeah, a video, if I remember correctly. Um, which is, uh, I mean, look, I mean, it's 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 like masturbatory at that yeah. point. Honestly, it's beca- <laughs> because it's not just movie footage; it's table readings and like incidental footage and interview you know there's yeah. there's a whole lot of extra stuff outside of just the movies that you're supposed to use to figure out whatever the hell happened to Marcella Marcel the show with wigs on yeah. <laughs> Mulholland Drive 2 like i don't yeah so it's he goes so far out of his way to try to deliver you I've just I've I've been I've been okay look I've been really trying to figure out how to be as gracious about talking about because I do have a lot to say and I think there's a lot of important stuff to talk about here but I just am trying to do so without being so hopping mad about stuff and that's kind of been my journey I've like been in therapy for a year to just try to be like I just need to stop being so mad at the things I'm doing right <laughs> In yeah. in a particular way, like I love to be critical, and I think criticism is such a valuable tool. Obviously, right. we're we're here, we're here doing this. Obviously, yeah. I'm all about it, and you know, just like I just need to like take the edge off because my chest hurts a little too much, and yeah. I just need to be a little better. And like you know, that's that's where I will tell you the value in immortality lies is that when you finish it, you'll want to like revisit a whole bunch of Susan Sontag essays and really get to the bottom of like why you feel the need to criticize things (laughs) and what it says about you. And like, you know, I think I just kind of walked away from all that just going like, I just really need to be nourished by what is true in a work. (laughs) And when it comes to immortality, there's a few truths. There's a few, there are a few truths within right. it that are that are just fine but boy <laughs> howdy does this man go through so like such great lengths such effort 
to do this thing to us right. for us to us <laughs> for us because yeah. I like because it's like it's it's for he's trying to help people right <laughs> I think that's what he's doing I keep seeing and that's the other thing is when I read reviews about his stuff is I keep seeing words that I don't understand when they're put up next to what I'm experiencing. Because, like, people keep saying, like, you know, oh, yeah, immortality. Like, it's got that classic Sam Barlow feel-good message. What? And I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck could you possibly be talking about? What's the positive message of any of this? No. I don't understand. Yet you people, I'm I'm coming for you, IGN. You keep saying shit like this. And you can't (laughs) just type words into a program and post it like... Yeah. I'm trying to approach everything in good faith. Yeah. You know, from now on. And I just insist that we all try a little harder <laughs> to to be intentional with our words. Well, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> see, that's a feel-good message I can get behind. But I'll say <laughs> immortality. I've got game ideas, guys. <laughs> get at me. I, I'll I'll direct. Immortality hits some very specific buttons that if if you're a certain kind of person, like I think we both are, it drives mm-hmm. you fucking nuts. And if you're not, you're like, wow, <laughs> that's so deep, you know? And I'm not I'm not trying to make people who felt that way about this game feel bad, but you also are maybe like you have some gaps in your like media knowledge and like there yeah, are yeah, some that's th- a very nice way of yeah i would just i was gonna say read a a book yeah well that's yeah that's a nicer way of putting it yeah. or like <laughs> watch a movie because like the thing the thing about immortality <laughs> is okay so immortality let's talk for a sec about how you play it right yeah well how do you even like talk because it's like you know do you talk about these things as if they're films am i supposed to like think about the films in immortality as films absolutely not okay for number one absolutely right i'm not right okay thank you yeah because i didn't because i kept i can't turn off that part of my brain it's hard for me to so the whole time it's happening because that's the other thing is people are like oh it's so it's so easy it's it's the most convincing FMV, it's so easy to buy into what Sam is selling here because of how period accurate this is. And then all of a sudden I'm watching a movie that's ostensibly from the 60s with shaky cam shit. Yeah. I don't, like, (laughs) again, like, you can't just type things. Yeah. Well, okay, so the way that you play this game where you're a film archivist going through clips is basically you get, like, a handful of clips at the start of the game and you play them and you can just sit there and watch them but as you're watching them you can pause it and then you can click on objects in the frame clicking on objects in the frame will take you to other clips so in the beginning of the game you're probably just clicking randomly and uncovering clips however as you play the game you start to actually watch the clips and then you start looking for things to click on that will lead you down pathways that will find the things that you're looking for. Now, 
Initially, you're totally in the dark, you're going totally blind, but eventually you figure out that the game does have a rough structure. Um, essentially, all of the clips in the game are from three different movies. There's this actress's first movie, which is like a 60s technicolor period piece drama about like a priest who has an affair with like a nun or something like that um and then the second it's, movie it's like echoes of the devils kind of if you've seen the devils yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it made me think about that a lot but definitely like a caffeine free diet coke version of yeah. the devils because yeah, the devils it, is the devils is like wild man like <laughs> yeah for sure and i think like visually it to me it looks a lot like that old like romeo and juliet um, adaptation mm. that came out, I think, in probably around this time, like the late 60s. Um, which was funny because actually I thought that while I was watching it, and then right after I finished the game, I saw online that like the some of the actors in that movie like were suing the studio because they're like, um, we were underage and you guys made us do like weird shit. Fuck you. So that was Damn. kind of a weirdly, <laughs> weirdly topical thing to run across. But um mm. Anyway, so that's her first movie. Her second movie is like a few years later. It's like a very early 70s um, detective drama. Um, and then she disappears for 30 years. And the final film is set in the late 90s. It's kind of like a hokey drama. Um, just kind of like a mediocre uh, movie, I guess, is like the vibe that it has. Yeah, like I... <sighs> It's like purposefully though that way, I think. I don't know, whatever. It's the only one that feels perp like like maybe it was made. And that's the other thing is like it's so difficult to actually like get 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 it the content here because I'm always swimming in this like it's like it's like, you know, when people I guess the other thing that this has driven in my personal life is a conversation with a bunch of people about camp and what that right. what it is and what it ain't. And I think Everyone that I know has a wildly different interpretation of it, but like, I think at its at its core, to me, camp at least requires full commitment, one way or the other. Sure. Either like the room or something where the person has no idea and they're just fully committed to their insane idea that they think is great, or a John Waters thing being fully committed to just being insane and they know right. exactly what they're doing, and you can never really pin down what's what's at play here but i don't think it's ever yeah two of everything is the the, the later period movie and it's kind of the only one that really steps into that campy zone because the rest of it is just kind of like benoit blanc voice no it's just dumb yeah like, <laughs> it's not so dumb it's brilliant it's not to be like glass onion pilled but like <laughs> yeah i mean it's well so the thing the thing about it like the way this works right like you've got your three movies you've got scenes from the movies they're complete unedited takes you see people like before they yell action and after they yell cut there's also like behind the scenes stuff there's some like tv interviews all this kind of shit and yeah it operates on multiple layers because on the one hand you've got scenes from the movie as you watch them you can kind of piece together the plot of the movie you've got scenes showing what was going on with the actual actors lives you can see what was going on behind the scenes and then you've got this whole other meta narrative which we haven't even gotten into but we will and i'm guessing like probably like five minutes here but the way that you play the game is wonky 
Um, like your. Did lip- you use a mouse and keyboard or, I or used, a controller? I first? used a controller. Okay. Okay. Me too. Yeah. How you, would this work without the controller? It wouldn't. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I mean, like literally, there is a feature where it like rumbles when you're near. That's the only reason point. I knew. That's the only reason I knew that something else was at play was the controller rumble. Yeah. And I know a bunch of people who played it mouse and keyboard. And man, I feel like I would have played it for three hours before I, I picked up the the rumble thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like what whatever the equivalent of that would be with the mouse and keyboard, because the music that happens in this game is not. It's random. Yeah. The music comes in and out whenever it wants to. Yeah. And the the thing that lets you know without the rumble that there's something else at play would only be an audio cue in a sea of random swelling orchestral music that just kind of pops in and out regardless of whether people are having a conversation in a trailer or if something like really intense is happening. Yeah, which I hated that and that's insane i that's hated totally that insane so much <laughs> but yeah okay so the controller thing though like that that's kind of how you get into this this other layer of the narrative here is that as you're going through these clips you're starting to feel like in the early game you're like what the fuck am i doing here like i'm literally <laughs> just watching random clips of people and clicking on things and i will say i do think they did a pretty good job recreating the different eras of film. It's not perfect. Like there are like, if you watch the movie, the love, Witch, like, uh, yeah, Giovanna just watched that recently. Yeah. Like just from a visual standpoint, that movie is insane. And like, when you mm-hmm. put that next to like the Ambrosio, I think, is that the name of the, the it's yeah, it's Ambrosio. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously it's like, okay, well they're not the same, but the visuals look good. It is pretty convincing. The actors are good. I think throughout, mm-hmm. like the acting is good. The writing is fine generally. So it's like, okay, like, like what you're watching is convincing enough, but it's not all that interesting. And you start to feel like you're just watching random shit and clicking on random shit. And the game feels really dry. However, early on, if you're playing on controller, you might get a little clue that like, oh, maybe I should try running it backwards or scrubbing or whatever, because that's the big mechanic is you can use the control stick to scrub forward and back in various states of, you know, fast forward, rewind, different speeds, whatever. And let me tell you about the first time I found a secret scene or a hidden scene mm. in the game, because that's that's the actual We're game. blowing it wide open, baby. Yeah, the actual game mechanic here isn't watching clips. The actual game mechanic is finding these hidden scenes. Now, here's what happened to me. I accidentally found the fucking coolest one in the whole game first, and then mm-hmm. it kind of ruined the rest of the game for me. <laughs> which, which was the, which one was the... Okay, so there's a scene where two actors walk into frame, they sit down on a couch, they have an argument, and then they get up. So the beginning and end of the frame is just an empty couch. And so at the end of this one scene, I just happened, just kind of on a whim, I didn't know that this was a mechanic yet. I just happened to like rewind it. And as I was rewinding it, two entirely different fucking people walked in the frame and sat down on the couch and had an insane, cryptic, fucked up conversation that I didn't understand. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking 
It's so, good when it hits the first time. Yes. It's and real I, good. I realized later that I could have found some of the other ones that I think aren't nearly as cool where you just literally find like a hidden scene of like a person doing a monologue against a black screen. So my first secret scene was uh, the dancing, which is literally just she like someone's in. I think it's Marissa Marcel's in a mocap suit. And if you run oh, it back, yeah. it's it's uh the 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 one the one were yeah having a little dance across the screen instead and so that that hits a little bit less impactfully than a a real good one it wasn't quite as much of the like wayne's world whoa moment as yeah as you would want which is another you know Maybe an issue, maybe, maybe not. If you played the game and got cool stuff the the entire time, then that rocks for you. Right. So glad. Right. Didn't happen that way for me. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) And I I thought about that a lot because like there are a handful of scenes that work in the way that I was describing where like the characters leave the frame and then different characters walk in and that's really cool. But then there's way more where it's like what you're describing, where it just kind of, you see a little overlay of the hidden scene. And you just mm-hmm. need to like get the speed right to catch it. It's kind of like that scene in the ring where she's trying to like get the lighthouse to go into frame and she's like fucking with the speed on the machine. Um, but like when you get those to work, it just cuts to a different scene in a different place with different actors. It's not really like creepy. It's weird, obviously, because it's like I didn't expect that, I guess. But like the ones where the actual different people walk in, it's really weird and creepy and cool. But like I find that those moments are I found by the end of the game that those moments were kind of few and far between, but they're real sparse. Yeah. And yeah. like and the more they happen, I mean, it was pretty immediate for me, but definitely the more they happen, the more I'm just like, I do not give a flying fuck about the right. the real world of this game anymore, man. Can we just get to whatever metaphysical shit you are trying to pull on me right now? I'm yeah. so much more interested in that than Minsky. So that's, you raise a great point because that gets to the horrendous pacing in this game, which is basically, but it's my fault that it was paced so terribly. Don't you see? (laughs) I am just a bad film editor. Sure. Well, the way that you're supposed to find your way around this sea of clips is by randomly clicking on shit. Like, how is that literally the mechanic? And I mean, like you can find a guide written by an insane person that tells you like what to click on to get to certain important scenes. And when you Mm -hmm. look at it, it's crazy and it doesn't make sense. And then when you try to follow it, it doesn't work. Like sometimes it works and sometimes you click on the thing that they're like, this will lead you there. And it's just random. So like in the playing of the game is where I started to feel this weird sense that like, because of explicitly that, and let me okay, so I'll use this to outline it. Like I was I I had figured out that something involving a gun definitely is what I'm trying to find. Right. And so I'm sitting here just frantically looking for guns in every frame, <laughs> clicking them. I get stuck in a loop of clicking on the same five guns. Uh-huh. And it just in a loop of scenes, and I just can't get out of it. And then, and so here's the kicker, right? So this is where I start to feel as if like, 
Did you ever have like a little cousin show you a CD or something when you were younger and they're just like, you're just in this unbearable position of sitting on a couch with someone sharing a Walkman while they're staring at you waiting for it to happen, you know? Uh And like, and so I'm sitting there just like, click it, gun, 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 (laughs) give me the scene. And then in the middle of doing that, I get a Chivo, baby. (laughs) I get an achievement titled... Chekhov's gun, which the more literary minded of you might know as the trope where if you show a gun in the first half, it's Uh going to go off in the second. And so as I'm trying to find the clip where this where the gun goes off, Sam Barlow is on the couch next to me, ribbing me going like, (laughs) yeah, sorry, the game's not working and you're not getting it. But huh? Huh? Do you? (laughs) <laughs> and like I've never felt more insane while playing an alleged video game yeah. than I did when that achievement popped up. Dude, I had the exact same experience except <laughs> slightly different context, but yeah, like so the underlying mechanic here is that these secret scenes, yeah, well, you need to find them. You figure that out, but there's actually a select certain number of specific ones that you have to find. There's 10 of them. Yeah. yeah. And the game, there's no clue that this is the case at all. And the game doesn't highlight them or, or anything and nothing different. Well, you have to highlight them yourself when you find them. Right. But, but there's the also, <laughs> God damn it. Very intuitive. <laughs> there's also no difference between these scenes and the unimportant secret scenes. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing. I think maybe there's a sound cue, but I think it's the same sound cue you get when you find any secret scene. Like, it's just a big dong. Yeah, it's just that, like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, so I found online that it's, like, you need this specific one, these specific scenes. I'm, like, great. So I got down to, like, the last two. And, yeah, I would just be, like, okay, I know I have to click on this kind of item. So I'd sit there randomly clicking on all of them, and I was just racking up fucking achievements. And a lot of them Mm. wouldn't even be as, I mean, Chekhov's gun is not fucking clever, but it's better than just crucifix. It's like, yes, yes, I was clicking on crucifixes or just fire because yes, I was clicking on fire because I know that the final important scene involves fire. Very Mm. good game. (laughs) Like it was just so wild. And like I alluded to earlier, the more I played the game, the more I was like, why is it this long? Why do I have to click on all this shit? Why does it feel so wonky and inorganic? And what it, where I ultimately landed with this game, at least in like a formal sense was like, you're trying to tell a story that is ultimately linear. Like you're using nonlinear methods and you're Mm -hmm. using all this crazy layered storytelling. I'll say one big piece of credit I'll give this game is that the way they've told the story and the thing that they're doing couldn't be done in any other medium. They really did do something that is unique to video games. That's a hundred percent true as an experimental video game. It is a success because it does its own thing. It achieves its goals. I think, I, I think maybe it, it definitely gives you a path to achieving its goals. Right. I guess. And, and you couldn't tell it in another medium. However, the actual story that's here, once you actually get into it, is so fucking similar to Mulholland Drive by David Lynch that like 
it started to drive me up the wall. It's a, a an old Hollywood themed tale mm. about a young starlet coming to town and basically being chewed up and spit out. Halfway through the story, it turns itself inside out and becomes a weird sort of fantastic, unreal tale in which you follow this thread of two identical people living out this series of events, which lead them leads them to a climactic moment where a weird, unreal character does their own rendition of a six pop song and when that shit happened I was like are you mm -hmm. dumb fuckers seriously fucking telling me that not a single one of you nasty ass smelling vest wearing pieces of shit has watched Mulholland Drive and seen the scene where she does crying in Spanish are you legitimately telling me that none of you fucking basement dwelling idiots has seen that scene like you can't you're fucking with me it's a joke I know what? And then at the end of all of that, like the cherry on top is that after like six to 10 hours of sound and fury, you uh -huh. are literally left alone in a room with Sam Barlow and he just looks you dead in the fucking eye and goes like, have you considered Plato's theory of forms? <laughs> and I just, I just want to scream until I'm empty. Yeah, no, that's, that's, <laughs> how, that's how I feel. And except, see, I don't it's think the most base one thing to yeah. dress up in the way that it's dressed up yeah. is just like the insane metaphysical tale that you are trying to dress up for me in this way is that have hey man have you considered that all art is is just signifiers of these <laughs> cosmic ideas that exist outside of of our purview and just are eternal did you yeah. ever consider that and like no man we definitely haven't spent thousands of years considering yeah. the implication yeah man. it's like, like where yeah. have you been yeah dummy you didn't invent art <laughs> Like, I mean, I mean, and I'm, I'm being serious here. I know a lot of times I, I do that annoying thing where I'm like, as a musician, but I think that anyone who's ever done anything creative, like has had a mm -hmm. moment where they did something that they can't explain. And they're like, I feel like that came from somewhere else. It doesn't mean that you wrote the greatest song of all time or you drew the greatest picture of all time or something. You just had a moment where you did something. It just flashed in your head and you did it. And it was weird. And you felt weird about it. Like, a lot of people have had this feeling. It's not fucking unique, dude. And like, you didn't invent it, Sam Barlow. But uh, what, what really drove me crazy about immortality is that, like I said, it's so much like Mulholland Drive that I started to think, mm -hmm. okay, if we're trying to do Mulholland Drive, is this different take on it better? So is it more efficient? No, absolutely not. It takes like four times as long to get through. Um, is it more interesting? I mean, I don't know, maybe mm. that depends on you ask, but then you get to other like real art questions, right? Like, is it more emotionally engaging? Does it give you more to chew on? Does it actually inspire some sort of like feeling in you, the viewer, more so than Mulholland Drive that it justified all this extra shit? And the answer to me personally is like absolutely not. And it's even funnier and more decisively a no for me because David Lynch already tried this. After mm. Mulholland Drive, he did Inland Empire, which is basically like the film version of Immortality and also a weird, bizarre, fucked up remake of Mulholland Drive. And guess what? It's a much worse film on every single metric. Mm -hmm. And I like Inland Empire. I'm saying this as a fan. Mm -hmm. It is 
it is not even comparable to Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is a fucking 10 out of 10 classic. And Inland Empire is like a weird movie you put on when you're too high. Like they're not the fucking same. So when I came to the end of Immortality, it was like, this sucks, actually. And I yeah, think I hate back, it. Backed hard. Yeah, like my honestly, like I, this my, this sounds like a bit, but my personal metric for gauging things in this category is like, was this a better or worse experience for me than when I was twelve years old and I read the Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps book, The Tale of the Black Knight? Uh huh. Um, and yeah, uh, in terms of immortality, it's going to be a no for for me, dog, on that <laughs> yeah. front. Um, yeah. You guys should go out and purchase a Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps book. They rock, no matter what age you are. Yeah, but like the I don't know. It's and it's fucked up because when you really when you get rid of all of that, when you just peel back all the layers of the onion and look at look at it, you just kind of have like what is an auteur but a shitty pile of tropes, I guess. And yeah. like, it's just the same things again. And did you, okay, so, and here's another thing. People, you can spend hours and hours with this game, and I don't remember if this particular secret scene was one of the mandatory ones. It had to be. But did you happen upon what actually happened to Marissa Marcel, the shell with wigs on? Uh, like the scene in the bar, how she, she came to be, how the one came to possess the body of Marissa Marcel. Oh, like the weird unnecessary rape scene. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the yep. weird unnecessary Nazi group rape scene where she is basically yeah. murdered and then saved by this immortal entity by just take body snatching her mm -hmm. which is because women are very interesting when they experience really bad fucked up stuff i guess is the takeaway i don't like i just I'm, i've really tried to pick that part of it apart and why it's always so necessary for the women who sam barlow feels so possessed to tell their stories have to have such bad things happen to them yeah. Um, because again, he's doing it. <laughs> he's right. making the bad things happen. They didn't yeah. happen to real. Well, I mean, you know, these things happen to real people. But like in the world in which Sam Barlow has created for us, this is this is the table dressing. And like, it's the same every time. And like, if he's trying to insert himself into the auteur conversation like i feel like that's that's what he's doing you know and like sure when you go to anyone's like you said you know like we've already said like you know mr lynch has some problems with women hideo kojima's got some problems with women yeah um Big but time. they don't feel quite as unsavory and just like i don't know yeah, it's not good. Just no. not like not not from a place that's normal. Like you can see why people have their problems with various things. I think if you're, you know, patient enough with with what they're doing, you can you can figure it out. But I can't really get to the bottom of like why he feels the need to put that in front of you like every single time because it happens in her story. There's a really weird there's really weird sexual shit. In her story it's not a lot but what's there is like really fucking weird like yeah um 
like yeah. incestuous, weird, like literally like incest stuff and like yeah, the stuff in telling lies. There's like weird voyeurism weird sexual shit that's very one-sided and like sure i guess you can see a dude's butt in telling lies just like you can see a dude's butt here but like unless you're gonna like hang dong man like <laughs> i'm just kind of tired of the whole like it's my first game with nudity like well where's the hog buddy yeah it's just a lot there of, sure are is a, there sure is a lot of tits in yeah this game, but it's, like it's boob city well yeah i i don't I don't get, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think the issue here is it's just like, what are, what are you trying to do, Sam? Cause it's like, you're trying to comment on, like I said earlier, you're trying to comment on sexism. Like you're trying to show sexism and, and this absolutely existed in the film industry. It still does, but especially oh, absolutely, in, yeah. in the sixties and seventies. So if you're just trying to do you're trying to do a realism, okay, you did it. But then it's like, what are you trying to say here? And with this game in particular, and it sounds like it's a repeating theme, it's like, why do you want to comment on sexism and the things that women go through by using these really shitty tropes about women? Because like Marissa... It's like Whedonisms, but worse, honestly. Oh, no, like, for 100%. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because it's like, in this game, it's like Marissa Marcel is like an innocent... Like, you know, whatever, like she's just, she's just an innocent farmhand, man. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to tend her fields in Flanders fields or whatever. Exactly. Nazis invade. (laughs) Well, and then, and then she comes into the film industry and she's still an innocent, but this thing that's possessing her, you know, kind of turns her into this like evil temptress. And so she just starts becoming this like man eater, a totally different trope. And then at the end of the second film shoot, she like literally kills a dude and like becomes evil. And then later well, on, she kills the dude because he's right. the other one. <laughs> right. She's got a counterpart. They're these demons like, I don't the know. Ones, there's a scene where she's talking about love and the law, and it's pretty fucking obvious what Sam's trying to set up here. And she's, you know, smoking a cig. The one is not Marissa Marcel. And she's she just straight up tells you just straight the fuck up, man. Like all history is, is a conflict between art and the law. Right. And if you are ever not on the side of art, you're on the side of the law. And it's such an insane reach even for <laughs> even for a fake person to right. say something <laughs> like that to me in a video game yeah. makes me so i'm going to say it again hopping mad that i could just yeah. throw my controller like when that happened i think cuz i was trying to play it with Giovanna and when when that happened she was just like i'm, I'm out i'm not yeah, it's, sit it's here any fucking longer bad. <laughs> and it's like i mean the the problem with the sexist stuff in the game where it's like you're trying to comment on it but you're leaning way hard into really boneheaded and ultimately damaging tropes it applies to everything in here like whenever someone tries to get philosophical or talk deep or whatever to the player the viewer whatever um they're always leaning on these really corny freshman year of college like tropes and it's like well these tropes are bad a because they're dumb but also because they're dumb which i guess is point b here they're easy to disprove they're easy to counter like 
unless you're also 19 and like in a dorm room, you're going to see right through it and be like, this is fucking dumb. Or once again, if you've watched Mulholland Drive, this game does not fucking hit. I've seen so much shit on the internet, people talking about that scene where she sings Candy Says, which is legit like one of my favorite songs ever. So it was like doubly upsetting. And, and they're like, oh, like that's like such a moving, amazing scene. It's like, I mean, it's literally just taken from another work. Like, I'm sorry. It's like, yeah, it's cool that it's Anoni. Like, I fucking love Anoni. Like, I've always been a huge fan. And like, that was a cool little scene. But it's like, yeah, this- shout out to Charlotte Molin. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 she's fucking great. Yeah, it did a great <laughs> job. Like, all the acting, man. all the actors did a great job. But it's just like, so much of this is just literally lifted from other well, shit. Amy Archer, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's just like I, I don't awesome. I don't understand how this is hitting so hard for people. Like Yeah, it is like it's it's a thing where I've tried I've never searched so hard within myself to be as generous with not necessarily a work, but just like the people that I know that are writing hard for it and just like like just earnestly like I don't know how else to put this to you other than how many pieces of media had you seen up until you booted <laughs> this up but I do right. I, I do think that there's just like a such a sharp drop off of if you've seen 23 films and read six books I don't <laughs> get how there's aspects of media that you haven't grappled with yet that this game is making you grapple with and especially with the large demographic of people whose job it is to professionally grapple with media to be so enamored with these ideas is i don't i don't want to say it's troubling You know, I don't I don't want to be an alarmist and pull the like, where are we going? But it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. I mean, it really makes you realize how much of a bubble video games are. And like, I I knew that going into creating this show, like when I created this show, the whole idea was that when I see people talk about video games, it's stupid. I want to do something where it's less stupid and not because I think I'm smart, but because I like, I read books and I listen to music and I watch movies and I look at video games in that same way. It's not a revolutionary, even a very interesting concept, but I think that it's just like necessary to do like crit, you know, on video games, if you're going to do that. And so I already knew that going into it, but the longer I do this show, the more it is like, yeah, there's a lot of fucking people who are like, I play video games. That's what I do. So like, if I read a book, like here's my book for the year, here's my like movie that isn't Marvel for the year. And it's just like, it's, you know, it's fine, whatever, live your life. But then when you come up against something like this and it blows your mind, should be a wake up call. You know what I mean? It's like when people are like, Oh, I couldn't walk up the stairs anymore. And I realized I had to quit smoking. You know, it's like, put down the six. That's it's time gamers. Stop it. Get some help. And then just, I don't know. And then when this thing is just the central thing at play here, that's fucking so many people up is kind of just like, I don't know, man. It's, it all just boils down to like a de Kooning quote or something. Like, it's just, you know, it's like we've been doing this for hundreds of years and we're still doing like, well, content you see is very tiny. Yeah, like, I just don't I don't know. Like, I'm glad that like, I'm glad at least that if, you know, at at least like and I guess that's where I've ended up with like, okay, well, I'm mad at this game. and I think it's bad as a game, but clearly 
it has to have there's intrinsic value here regardless of that clearly because so many people are earnestly i believe i don't think people are making it up i do genuinely think that the people who are so taken aback by this game and just so like oh man i just never saw it that way or whatever like you know i'm glad welcome yeah yeah (laughs) i'm glad you're here now i'm glad that something you know biblically blasted the little like sand off your eyes and you you can see now right welcome yeah i think it's just for me what's frustrating is that it's just it's so boneheaded it's so boneheaded that's like where i keep landing with like anytime i try to give it the benefit of the doubt because it is like it's interesting it's capital i size 72 (laughs) times new roman font i interesting interesting and it's well made like considering the fact that it is just a bunch of like movie clips cut up it's like they're generally well made like i said the recreate the recreation of the aesthetics is good. The acting is good. Whatever. Like, like, man, I've played other FMV games recently, and yeah, it's it's better than a lot of them. It's, it's better um, than all of them. It's which is, like, well, yeah. I will say there's a couple. Well, there's one that I played. So like, there's there's a game Late Shift from 2017. Okay, that's like, it's pretty. It's pretty damn good. It's okay. like great performances. It's paced like it's paced really well and it doesn't give you anywhere near the like well it's weird because immortality gives you quote unquote agency, but I'm you just feel like you're totally just like beholden to whatever its cursed algorithm feels like doing to you. Right. Um, but like it's it's definitely it's just a straight narrative thing and it's a heist kind of thing so yeah. it only, you only have like a couple of seconds to make your choices throughout the thing you can't sit with anything and it like moves along at a decent clip it's not too stupid the acting's real good production values high it's like it keeps you in for like the 30 to 40 minute per run that you're in it there's like seven different endings and you know it's yeah. like it's neat that one like i would say if you're interested in fmv games because of this like look at it's it's quick You'll be in and out. You'll know if you, you know, if you got a feet, if you got, if you got bit by the FMV bug and like, and then there was another one that I played, which is really unfortunate called, uh, not for broadcast. You seen this, you heard about this game. Yeah. Is that the one where you're like, uh, you're like a censor. Yeah, you're so you're like a propagandist basically for like, and it's like, and it's a really interesting setup and it sounded really cool because it's kind of the other end of the promise of like oh here's like a ui here's like you know a lot of window dressing other than just like eight like binary choices throughout a linear narrative right but the thing that happened with that one is kind of the thing that happened when i tried to watch the kingsman movies okay which have you ever tried those out you ever give those shake because i was kind of feeling really like you know i know we're all ZB is a family and we all back Keanu Reeves and fucking, um, oh my God, brain fart because it's 10.22 p.m. Uh, whoa, John Wick. There John we go. Wick. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, so like everyone loves John Wick here in this house. We stand John Wick. Yeah, and I was time. like, you know, I need to see like 500 people just get their shit rocked right now. Yeah. I'll, 
I'll give these Kingsman, that clip that goes around on Twitter all the time is cool. I'll give the Kingsman <laughs> movies a shot. And then you watch it and you just all of a sudden are like, you're, you're all of a sudden at like a national libertarian caucus and you're like, oh, wait, where am I? And like the villains are eco-terrorists, quote oh, unquote. Nice. And then you're just like, oh, wow, this is a deeply conservative film. Yeah. Um, this is making me feel uncomfortable. And kind of the same thing happens with not for broadcast where it's like, they kind of do the like, who says the right can't mean. Oh God. <laughs> and it's like, and it's such a cool idea, but then it's literally like, yeah, do you want to tax the billionaires? Well, guess what? Society's going to collapse if you take people's uh, hard earned money. And oh you're just God. like, okay, man. Some, some Randy boys. Eat my whole dick and balls on that one, chief. <laughs> some Rand fans in the chat. Yeah. Big, it's, it's, yeah, a yeah. big time Ayn Rand propaganda simulator. That sucks ass. It's also aggressively British. So that's yeah. the other thing about Sam Barlow. If you're a fan of, if you played this and are conservative and are somehow listening this deep into this <laughs> podcast maybe give not for broadcast a try God, yeah they they do sometimes get lost in here i know one or two of you might still be here for some <laughs> fucking reason i think i'm pretty sure i like personally insulted the all of them in dms like i, I do something once every few months to bait them and then you know tell them to go eat their mother's ass or whatever. Yeah, I was like, if you're still here, just call your parents and get it straightened out. Don't bring it to us. <laughs> yeah. Call your dad. I just have to make one comment about how I want to kill a cop. And they're like, <laughs> you know, and that, that usually does it. But um, I guess that's a good reminder. I, I would love to kill a cop. Anyway, <laughs> so um, that's uh, for legal reasons. That's satire. Allegedly, and allegedly, allegedly. That's allegedly satire and parody. Um, I, I guess where I landed with this game personally was like, I just felt like all of its big moments were borrowed from other shit. I felt like as a video game, it was aggressively unfun. Its ideas about control and UI are terrible. Um, and I later found out why I think it's because it's designed to quote unquote work on any platform. Like you can play it on Netflix, mm -hmm. you can play it on your console, you can play on PC. But as we discussed earlier, I don't understand how you would play this on anything that didn't have a rumbling controller and like your remote you use for your TV. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. Um, not, not my Roku television. I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neither nor my Samsung. Uh, but you know, so maybe the new QLEDs have haptic <laughs> feedback on the remotes, but I don't know, man. Yeah. Maybe if you hook it up to your, uh, rocker gaming chair with the bass boost in the seat, you can get a little <sighs> every time you find a hidden scene or something. But yeah, I, I think like the, play this game in 4D. <laughs> yeah, dude, 4D chess, bro. I, I just think that like that limitation, like trying to make it work on a bunch of different platforms meant that the UI ends up being really wonky. It's not fun to play. And yeah, I mean, you know, another thing too is like they went with this weird metaphysical layered story. But when you get to the bottom layer where all the crazy stuff is like they're literally just demons and one of them is literally just like it, he's basically says he's Satan. Um 
And well, it, he was Satan because they're yeah. don't you see, Ali? They're 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 outside the, the God God and the devil are just our constructs of what they represent. Yeah, okay. They're so, so much bigger. You don't get it, you I, puny mortal. I have to pop off about this because this pissed me off so bad because like the night before I started this fucking game, we watched a movie. I almost don't want to say which movie because I guess it's spoilers, but I'm just going to say it's The Invitation on Netflix. It's a terrible fucking movie. It's a, it's a vamp. Well, so it's like a mystery movie. It's like, what's going on? Halfway through, you figure out it's vampires. And then right at the end, the main antagonist is literally like, I'm Dracula. And you're like, oh, haha, he's like me. He calls vampires Draculas. And then the movie's like, no, motherfucker, he's count Vlad Dracul head impaler like and I was just like get fucked fuck you that's yeah I think when it showed me the like it shows you a scene where they are Adam and Eve yeah and they are like dude like I can't stress enough to you like and you being the listener everyone involved here how much this feels at so many points like a 101 level college class yeah because you're literally going to look at two people dressed up as adam and eve talking about how yeah like again it's just it's just you're just we're all just in plato's the cave can't you see and just like the things that we're looking at are not the things they're just representations can't you just see that everything is just a representation of the infinite and just like yeah. What in the world, brother? Yeah. It's, what? Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it sucks. And, and it's funny because like you get to the end of the game and it does another like, yeah, college intro writing course where like you get to the end and there's no answers and there's no wrap up and you don't know anything by the end of it. And so of course, like people love to go straight to Reddit and they're like, I can't believe it. It's so mysterious and crazy. I love it. And it's like, no, dude, it's just, it's lazy writing. Mm. Like the fourth wall break at the end, oh, like the God. rug pulls, the, the combination rug pull slash fourth wall break slash unreliable narrator in triplicate thing that he tries to pull at the end of this whole yeah. thing where she just looks directly at you, the gamer uh-huh. and says, now it's you, baby. Yeah. Now you're the vessel, which is weird because up until this point, they made a whole, the whole thing is about how these immortal beings have been doing this for, um, forever. Right. As it were. And so this, she's been inhabiting the body of, she goes through all these different flowery emotive things about creation and the creative spirit of humanity and blah, blah, blah. And she's always attracted to this person, this person, because that she sees so much great creative potential and she'll finally be able to manifest her immortal representation here in a perfect way that'll bridge all the fucking gaps or whatever. And then you, and, but, but then me, a gamer, that's that's yeah. where you ended. Why? That yeah, doesn't, that literally doesn't make a shred of sense. Yeah, not it's even like, a little bit in any of these realms. Does that track? Yeah, it's like, do you know how much is in my <laughs> bank account? Like you are not going to get very far in this world. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, I 
I don't know. It, it's funny too because I actually got the whole end sequence of the game to work correctly, like a video game. God bless. Where you get all the <laughs> scenes. Mazel to that, man. Dude, I know. You get all the scenes and then you get that rug pull and then you see the credits roll. But I was looking around online and I'm like the only person on earth who experienced that because everyone else was like, the credits randomly rolled an hour into the game. Or like, I got that to trigger mm -hmm. without finding anything. Or like, And so it's like, once again, it goes back to this idea of form and function where it's like, you, you did your big experiment. God bless you. So neat. Very interesting. But then like you actually think about like, did it enhance the experience? Was it a better storytelling method than just making a movie or just making a video game? Like, did it add something to the story? The answer in every case for me is no. And it ended up being so weird and wonky and hard to use and broken at multiple different points that it was like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Because you went through a lot of trouble making all these clips. You shot. Mm -hmm three whole movies with behind the scenes stuff as well. Why then did you turn them into this? Yeah. <laughs> what possessed you? All of that for this. For this beautiful little Bon Mott. Yeah. Like, and, and it's just like, it's crazy. Because if you're going to do that, then you would hope that you come out the other side with something so singular that nothing could take its place. But literally, you could just watch Mulholland Drive. Mm -hmm. And then if it wasn't long enough, you could do it back to back with Inland Empire. And then it's the same length as a good playthrough of this game. And it's way better. Like, just go do that. Don't do this. Don't do this <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> I regret everything. And I can't, I can't wait to do it all over again in another couple years when this when this man just decides to do it to me again. You know what I'm... No, you know what I'm going to do instead <laughs> when that happens? I'm never going to learn my lesson. I'm going to cut this episode in little chunks and then email you a zip file and then you can sort through it and try and put it back together and that'll scratch the itch for no, you. No. I'm bad at editing. <laughs> <laughs>